No, that's cool. And it's good to know too that it's not just so you can be the best meditator in this marriage. Well, I am the best meditator in this marriage. <laughs> but I do think that you're becoming very good and that you're really starting to enjoy it, which is super cool. Welcome to The Steadfast Life from Jake and Witt over at SteadfastLifeCoaching.com. Witt and I love sports, adventure, coaching, faith, growth, and above all, that fascinating space where all five come together. Let's see what that space has to offer us today. What is going on, my mindful and deep thinking friends? Thanks for stopping by the podcast. And uh, just remember to keep steadfast life as part of your experience here on Earth. Today, I want to talk with you a little bit about meditation. Now, I'm no expert at this. As a matter of fact, you're about to get insights from a rookie. But I have been following a lot of people that are kind of helping me understand more and more. So to sort of take you on a journey of where I think meditation has some cool value in the life, I want to start with a question. Do you ever remember the dreams you have at night? Do they ever leave you feeling kind of strange the next day? That totally happens to me. I do, however, think it's hilarious when people tell you about their dreams because they're just dreams. They're not real. The, there's a woman who cuts my hair. Her name's Borka. She's awesome. While she cuts my hair, I generally get a stream of consciousness account of everything that is going on in her mind. She is 100% authentic or at least as close to 100% as someone can actually be. And it is an absolute treat for someone like me who is so intrigued by thoughts. So the last time I was in there, right as I sat in the chair, she told me that she was in a really strange mood. And she had been all day because of this dream she had had the previous night. And then she began to describe the details of this sort of illogical, fantastic series of events and the emotions that she felt along the way, a lot of fear, confusion. And it even resulted in some broken trust between her and a friend who hadn't actually done anything wrong, which I find super interesting. Now, I've experienced that a little, but in full transparency, I'm not too impressed with dreams beyond observing that sometimes I do have to kind of recover from these odd feelings of stress in the morning because of stuff that could never actually happen. Now, where I am guilty of indulging in a little fantasy is that I have been caught a time or two reenacting a conversation, literally gesturing and even making facial expressions as I replay and process an exchange from the past. And when I get caught and someone's like, hey, are you okay? I feel a bit embarrassed because it's not really happening, even though I'm feeling like it is. And the last little confession I have before we move forward is that I jump in my sleep, especially on airplanes. I'm not so much of a head bobber, which is always fun to watch on an airplane, but I really jump. Usually there's a volleyball flying at my face or something, and I raise my hands quickly to meet the ball and then wake up. And I feel a little embarrassed because I can feel my heart racing. My fight or flight has kicked in. I'm just a little bit scared. 
but nothing's really happening. Have you noticed my judgment in all of these cases, whether it was Borka's dream or me reenacting a conversation or the volleyball coming up uh, towards my face? I dismiss it, or I think I should dismiss it at least because it's not really happening. But every one of you knows that you've experienced stuff like this. And the truth is my brain does not know the difference when this stuff happens. And when I really get down to the details of real, the only thing really happening is the present moment. The thing that actually happened yesterday, the thing that really could happen tomorrow are both fantasy in this moment right now. My mental movies from the past, the the mental movies that I play while I daydream, the mental movies that play while I'm asleep, the mental movies of my future, they're all equally real in this moment, and they have the same sort of opportunity to affect the physical structure of my brain. So the physical structure of the brain has been a very trendy subject lately. Maybe it's just in my life because I was a teacher than a life coach, but the words neuroplasticity have had a major role in my life as well as neuropathways. Neuroplasticity is the name that's assigned to the ability of your brain to make physical changes, to actually adapt in response to stimuli. And neuropathways are those physical changes. They can actually be observed via brain imaging, and those occur when we practice and learn. About a week ago, Whitney and I had the opportunity to learn from Dr. Joe Dispenza, and he teaches about stuff like this. And instead of uh, neuroplasticity and, and neuropathways, he says fire and wire. He says your brain fires and wire. Specifically, he says we fire and wire Practicing thought and emotion pairings through experience, either known experience from the past or unknown experience from meditation, will hardwire us for what we will live into next because it will become our personality. Dispenza teaches that thoughts are the language of the mind and emotions are the language of the body. He describes an intimate relationship between the emotion that we have tied to an event in life and the message that emotion causes our nervous system to send to our brain to assign significance to that event. So a high emotion signals the brain to put a high significance on the event in order to remember it. Or, or even just to think about it a lot in the future to rehearse the feeling that goes with the thought of that event. If you look back in your own life, I know you have experience of this where you were either really stoked at some point or really embarrassed at some point or felt rejected or, or felt absolutely in love. And there's just this heavy emotion, heavy amount of emotion, I should say. There's a large flooding of emotion and it's signaled to your nervous system to tell your brain, make this one permanent. Remember this. Remember this moment. So each day we wake up and we install the program is what he says. And what he's referring to is we think about the past, the corresponding emotion that goes with that past is called up. And then we make all of our choices in the present from that emotion. And we keep on creating the same results and confirming who we are, who we think we are. 
Imagine Drew Barrymore at the end of 51st Dates when she wakes up each morning with her memory, a completely clean slate, but Adam Sandler has prepared a VHS tape for her to watch and, and he pops in the tape and as it plays, she remembers who she is. She sees the story of her life. She gets the program installed that reminds her who she is. We kind of do that same thing when we wake up in the morning, we're just remembering our past and checking our social media and looking at our email and, and kind of doing all of the routine things that we do that remind us who we are, that build that emotion and let us live our life from there. Now, that's about a four minute representation of a lifetime of research for Dr. Dispenza. So if you're thinking there might be a few gaps, you're right. Good job, good critical thinking. But this is where I get intrigued. If my future is the result of my present actions and my present actions are fueled by emotions that are coming from thoughts about other times than now, I can recreate yesterday. I can have a weird day because of the dream I had last night. I can feel scared all day because I watched a suspenseful movie last night. Or I could think about stuff on purpose. I, I could think about the stuff that I really want to be creating in my life and use that to fuel the emotion I want to live from that day. Imagine a scenario where you have a crazy dream, but you had that dream three weeks ago. And in the subsequent three weeks, you thought about that dream 30 different times. So the question is, is it a memory now or is it a dream? If you have the neuro pathway that's taking you down the thought, experience, emotion that comes from thinking about this dream, does that make it real, at least to you? So what if you could make memories of the future? What if you could mentally rehearse the future? Enter meditation. But of course, that's just mumbo jumbo fantasy land though, right? It's not like Phil Jackson won 11 NBA championships or like big wave surfers get quality reps at rare physical or earthly events that are so effective they can actually successfully perform them when the earth does provide the waves. Okay, all that stuff does happen. Plus another 2.457 million other things that I can't explain. So I'll give this meditation thing a shot. And it turns out Whitney's interested in giving it a shot too. And so here's what we have discovered. First, I'll let Whitney share her experience of meditation. The way I meditate is I will sit in a very comfortable position, usually with my legs crossed and my hands are on both of my knees and I'm sitting up straight, I close my eyes and I start to get in touch with my breathing and I am really focusing on not thinking other thoughts and quieting my mind chatter by just focusing on each breath. I recently started doing silent meditation, which I find very challenging because I have gotten so used to a guided meditation. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of guided meditation. However, the silent meditation offers something that surprised me. And that is that I get to connect more with what's going on in my body. The other day I was doing it and anxiety came up. And the anxiety felt like it was coming up from being still 
for too long, which I know that that's part of the practice, but it was also this anxiety of other things. And so through the silent meditation practice, I got to just be a watcher of all the different thoughts that came up and creating a safe space for that anxiety to be there without feeling like it shouldn't be there or judging it, which is usually what we do when we're so busy doing other things. I would say there are a significant number of changes. Um, For me, probably the most valuable has been my ability to quiet my inner critic, uh, to quiet some of the mind chatter that is constantly saying, do more, be more, you should be further. And when that starts to quiet, now I can be more present. And that's been a, a working, a work in progress practice for me. Uh, I think another benefit has been having a stronger relationship with myself because I am taking more time to be in tune with where I am rather than just constantly distracting myself, being too busy to actually know what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking. And so that's been super powerful. One thing I would offer is it is a wonderful practice I believe every single human can benefit from. It doesn't matter what your personality is and it doesn't matter what your goals are because it offers you to quiet a part of your brain that usually keeps us very dissatisfied, very unhappy and constantly looking at all of the things that we don't have or all of the things that we aren't um, in terms of who we are as, as people. And when that quiets and you learn how that feels, it offers a whole different experience in, this, in, in, in your day-to-day life. And so I would say that uh, if you're contemplating, should I meditate or, or should I even consider it? I would say absolutely yes. But don't change your mind until you've practiced it for at least seven days consecutively. Thanks, Wit. I always love it when you've got the time to be on the podcast. Now, me, on the other hand, I am the worst meditator in my whole marriage. But that's okay. I'm a beginner. And I figured that if I'm going to tap into a power beyond my understanding, if I'm going to do something that's really hard to do... I am going to first try it the way the creator of the universe suggests. In Philippians 4, 8, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Meditate on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I decided to give it a shot. I decided to hang out with Jesus in my meditations. And this has been going on for about two months now. Here's how it goes. In the morning, I read the Bible. Then I get in touch with my breathing. I practice being aware that I am more of my thoughts, feelings, and experiences. I become aware that I am part of something bigger, that we're all connected. And when I can get out of my limiting box... I can connect to the Holy Spirit in more of a, oh, hello there, type level. Once I'm dialed into the Holy Spirit, we go meet God the Father and Jesus at various places. 
But the travel is really important. And this is what I heard a lot when I've asked people what they struggle with with meditation. It's the constant barrage of your to-do list that keeps coming into your restless mind. Well, I have a lot of competing thoughts as well, and they want in. So what I do is I kindly remind myself that nothing is as important as spending time with my all-powerful buddies right now. And then I visualize floating up above all of my to-do business, and I go to prioritize this time. Now, this travel, this visualization is really important because it's the only way I can quiet it. I start to first envision the stuff I need to do, and then I literally envision myself rising above it. And I pause at certain distances to try to really get a look at it. And then I rise higher and higher. And I see the lake that's by my house get smaller and smaller. I see the town get smaller. Sometimes I look at the highways and watch them get smaller. And I really just force myself to dive into this image of everything getting smaller as I rise higher. And it has genuinely helped me quiet all of the to-do lists in my mind. So... Once I do this, I get to have all sorts of cool conversations. I've received hugs from loved ones. I've been at the top of mountains. I've surfed. I've walked along the beach asking questions of God. And I've even walked on water. It's my meditation. Don't limit me. The result has been a bank of memories that cause amazing emotions that fuel my experience of the present. Was it tough to accept at first? Yes, of course. I majored in civil engineering. But I kept at it because I needed to know what happens. And in all honesty, the memories of my adventures with my crew of holy explorers, they're all mixed with my other memories. And some were even given a high level of significance by my brain because of the awesome emotion they're paired with. As a result, I'm living life from an incredible headspace. Now, I get it. Reality is a big hangup for a lot of us. And we've got a very fixed belief about what makes something real or not. So if you're still hung up on that, here's one more perspective to try on that could maybe help. It's estimated that we receive something like 11 million bits of information per second from our senses. And our brain processes somewhere between 120 and 130. So if you were able to see the 125 bits that the person next to you processed in the same second that you processed your 125 bits, no gambler alive would be willing to take the bet that it's even close to the same as your 125. Which is exactly why your silver bullet political insight that pops into your head that you know is going to change the world and you post it on Facebook, it still hasn't gone viral. It's because your brilliance is based on your 125, not anyone else's. So if you're processing such a small amount of what makes up reality, and you have the ability to choose your 125 in such a way that it improves your life, why not learn the skill of choosing? Thanks for joining us today. It is always our hope that this little journey together leaves you feeling empowered, inspired, or simply stirs up your craving to live a little bigger. If you want more, you want to go deeper, you want to ask a question, or you know someone who might be able to access more joy with a little bit more steadfast in their life, then please head over to steadfastlifecoaching.com and let's get connected. Have fun out there.